Welcome to Neat, Comma, Straight Up, or On the Rocks, a podcast that asks you, how do you like your life? This whiskey got me feeling pretty, so pardon if I'm impolite, I just really need your ass with me. I'm sorry about the other night And I know I could be more creative And come up with poetic lines But I'm turned up upstairs and I love you Is the only thing that's in my mind You take me Today's topic is the five ways to apologize. So I'm going to read that article a little bit later. It's better sweet topic because it's both neat and it can get you on the rocks. You know, sometimes you really think you know what you're doing. And then there's the other side where you don't. So, um, you know, the right apology can can make you feel awesome. The stars, the the rain, the moon, the sun, you know, the right apology can do that. Uh, But the wrong one, you know, the bitter one, the here, leave me alone one, you know, can keep you in your feelings, you know, for years. You know, if you don't you don't feel like I'm sorry is just good enough, then you might be on the rocks. Your entire mode or mood and everything that goes with that apology is going to be on the rocks. So I understand. So this is kind of a, a bittersweet topic, because in some cases, you know, it's neat, you know, it's something I'm learning, something I've never known before. You know, I've always been taught that since a kid in elementary school, grammar school, elementary school, junior or middle high school and high school, for example, uh, just telling somebody I'm sorry has been good enough. You know, when you go and you do something, uh, the two adults that are in charge get you together and they go, say, I'm sorry. And you go, I'm sorry. And then you two or three or four go your own separate way. So today, you know, I'm, I'm breaking into this article because after I read it, Something changed in me. You know, this is according to Dr. Gary Chapman. So and uh, Dr. Gary Chapman is is someone who authored a book called The Five Love Languages, which a buddy of mine put me on to a few years ago. And I never really got around to when you talk about relationships. It's important to realize that it's not just you. Uh, and that's the hardest thing to do. Like I, I wasn't really raised to be one of those macho macho guys, but I was also at the point where. Um, my life was in shambles for a long time and being vulnerable uh, to anybody, uh, my sister, you know, my nieces, my wife, you know, my uncle, my aunt, uh, my cousins, just being vulnerable to anybody. This is where my introvertness comes in. Uh, this is where, you know, I've had people tell me you're not really an introvert. And they're like, you know, you're 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 an extrovert, but you're posing as an introvert. So I'm, you know, being a poser, I guess, because it's comfortable in this space. It's almost like the. uh the caterpillar that is preparing to become a butterfly, right? And Kendrick Lamar, you know, gives a perfect example in his album to pimp a butterfly that the caterpillar kind of builds a shell around itself, um, looking at what it is that the butterfly gets. You know, the caterpillar's okay with being a caterpillar, but the caterpillar kind of is like Oscar the Grouch, lives in a garbage can, sees the things that are going on wrong, and then looks at the butterfly and says, wait, we're the same, you know, except 
you go in your, this cocoon and then you come out this beautiful thing for everybody to notice. And all of a sudden, this beautiful butterfly with these wonderful colors and people are nicer to the butterfly. You know, people look for butterflies. You know, people admire butterflies. They get butterfly tattoos. Nobody gets a caterpillar tattoo. Right. So my myself as a caterpillar for many, many years, not knowing it, you know, and again, reading these things like I'm, I'm very thankful for my wife to give me this because it, it changed me uh, in a way that I didn't expect it to. Because I did not know uh, and I was never taught these things. So I'm still building over trauma, you know, getting ready to go back to my my uh, my therapist for anxiety, for example, stuff like that. Um, why anxiety is so big with me, why my fear of being alone or uh, or being abandoned and all these other things are coming into my life and how they affect my life, my work and stuff like that. So my beautiful wife, Shayla, you know, sent me this article. Uh, and, and again, after reading it to myself for a while, I read it a couple of times, something clicked literally, you know, years ago, it didn't click when my, my best friend gave it to me and said, Hey, you should read this. You know, this might be beneficial to, you know, you, your wife, your relationship, all your relationships, uh, because your best friends know you, you know, they know they to do dirt people with you. They've been with you for years and stuff like that. Your best friends know you through everything. You know, those are people that you were vulnerable with that didn't judge you. So you were able to be who you were and they saw it all and, and growing up and being in the relationships you're in now, you know, I, I accepted it, but I also looked at it and was just like, yeah, thank you. And never really took it for what it's worth. So my man T, thank you. I appreciate it. Terrence, Terrence Collins, Howard, you know, we've been through everything. So I appreciate it that you gave it to me back then. Uh, and I'm looking at it now. I actually downloaded it and have been reading the five love languages and eventually I'm going to talk about it. I think it's a great book. You know, when I when I set myself aside the time, which is generally on a Saturday or a Sunday, I think about this book right now. These last couple of days of just taking my lunch break, forcing myself to take a lunch break again. Reading is something that I love to do. I've always loved to do it and being able to put myself in this this atmosphere. So here's a quick disclaimer for you, though. I'm going to read this article and I'm going to give you my opinion. When I finally do sit down and read passages or um, excerpts from the five love languages and give you my opinion, that's my opinion. I'm not a professional at all. I, I pretend to be <laughs> just like a lot of us. We all pretend to be something we're not often um, when our life is in shambles. You know, the pictures are lies. You know, they, they're worth a thousand words. But if you look closely to the pictures, you can see that, you know, everything isn't all right with everybody. Some people have these wonderful, beautiful lives. and some of us think that they have beautiful lives because of money. The truth is, uh, when we, my wife and I went to um, a Caribbean cruise, we saw some of the happiest people ever, and they really didn't have money. They lived off the side of roads. They were selling stuff, sold all these different banana mixtures, and she was comfortable. You know, again, they they were happy, and I, I, I try to seek that kind of happiness because. Some of the trauma that I've been through in my life and even on my podcast, I'm going to try to unpack a bunch of it. This is kind of the opportunity that I have to be able to leave my voice when I'm actually not here anymore so that people who love me can go back and listen to me. I know it sounds kind of vain, but I kind of wish everybody before me would have been able to do this so that I would listen and be able to hear my father's story, who he was, who he grew up to be, my mother's story, who she was when she was a kid, my grandparents' stories, my great-grandparents' stories. 
I wish they was documenting and being able to, you know, talk like this so that we could hear the language, we could hear the culture, we could feel what's going on and we would have better documentation and people wouldn't be able to lie to us. Again, this is my disclaimer. I'm not a professional. This is just my opinion. I'm going to take a quick break. And then when I come back, I'm going to go over some thank yous. First of all, I would like to thank the sponsor for this episode, Nikki McCullough. I truly appreciate you. Thank you. This episode that you guys are listening to that's dedicated to relationships uh, and the five ways to apologize properly is sponsored by Nikki McCullough. Thank you for hitting that button and, and on anchor.fm giving me some support. I also want to thank Raquel Olstein for the shirts. I want to thank my location listeners. You know, here's a drink and a toast to you. New York, New York. I appreciate you. Virginia, I appreciate you. Connecticut, Georgia, Tennessee, District of Columbia, you know, those Washington, D.C. folks. I appreciate all of you. Pennsylvania, North Tonawanda, Brooklyn, New York, the Bronx, Mount Vernon, Yonkers, Buffalo, Buffalo, my hometown holding it down for me, holding me down. I appreciate it. And I also want to thank my listeners out there in Texas. I appreciate all y'all. And we're growing. My international listeners in Canada, Ontario, you know, the national capital region in the Philippines. We've reached the Philippines, y'all. Send me some feedback so that I can keep getting better. All my listeners on Anchor.fm, Breaker or Radio Public, Google Podcast, Spotify, and just people listening on the internet. I appreciate all of you. Please remember to hit those subscribe buttons and, and hit those like buttons and and become members of those those platforms so that you can then get the content when it comes up. Those are my drinks, my toast to everyone. And we're going to take another quick break and come right back with the article, The Five Ways to Apologize Properly. Welcome back. Today's article is called The Five Ways to Apologize Properly, according to Dr. Gary Chapman. Understanding what someone needs from your apology can make it much more effective. This article is written by Monica Marshall. I recently came across a book called The Five Languages of Apology by Dr. Gary Chapman and Jennifer Thomas, the very same Dr. Chapman who gave us the five love languages. In the five love languages, Chapman explains that there are five languages, words of affirmation, physical touch, gift giving, acts of service, and quality time to communicate our love. While we all appreciate each love language, each of us feels most loved when gestures in just one or maybe two of those categories. Sometimes I, I got to tell you, I really feel like we were mistrained as kids because, you know, you put two kids in a room, something happens. And the adult comes and tells those kids, tell that person you're sorry. And you say, I'm sorry, and you run away. So that's kind of what we've been, you know, brainwashed to believe. And honestly, reading this article changed my life because sorry sometimes isn't enough. 
I used to wonder why someone would say they're sorry and I would just walk away empty because I didn't believe it. And then I read this article and all of a sudden it, it makes sense. So back to the article, Monica says, we learned that there are five languages of apology. We all receive the most sincere apology when one primary language is spoken. And she learned that from the five languages of apology by Dr. Chapman, uh, the five languages of apology are expressing regret, accepting responsibility, making restitution, genuinely repenting and requesting forgiveness, which to me is one of the hardest things to do because again, I was never trained to be okay with requesting forgiveness. I never even seen it. Everything I've ever seen in my life has been an argument or a fight. And then all of a sudden I'm sorry. And it's supposed to be over with. And you never really realize um, in, in, until you into these knockout drag out relationships that you really should request forgiveness, be, not just for the person, but also for you. It makes you feel different. And when I read that, that kind of just blew my mind. So back to the article, it's time we learn the five languages of apology. Number one, expressing regret. For most people, an apology is not really an, an apology unless they hear the words, I'm sorry. For many of us, in order to truly forgive, we need to see that the person who has injured us regrets what they have done. This is the most essential. Number two, accepting responsibility. We can all find good reasons and explanations for why we behave badly. She was pushing my buttons. I was running late. She hurt my feelings. Whatever the reason, it doesn't change the fact that we did or what we did was wrong or hurtful to the other person or to another person. While this element of apology is similar to expressing regret, many of us also very much need to hear admission of responsibility. Someone could say, I'm sorry I hurt you. But in many cases, it's important for us to accept responsibility for having caused the hurt too. I was wrong to yell at you and I'm sorry I spaced out while navigating. That was my fault. Number three, making restitution. As Chapman and Thomas explained in their book, sometimes just expressing regret and taking responsibility for our actions is not good enough. Sometimes we need to make restitution to make an apology sincere. A great example of this is when a child swipes a toy from another child. We don't just encourage the child to apologize. We also encourage the child to return the toy that was stolen. Again, when I was a kid, it was just say sorry and go to the other, go back to what you were doing. So um, back to the article. When you hurt a family member, a friend or a spouse's feelings, restitution isn't about returning something that was stolen. It's about reassuring the other person that they are loved. Chapman and Thomas explained that the damage of an angry word or a betrayal is that we believe if that person truly loved us, they would never have done such a hurtful thing. In this case, Chapman and Thomas suggest we rely on the five love languages to make restitution by assuring the injured party of our love for them. Number four, genuinely repenting. Chapman and Thomas remind us that the word repentance means to turn around or to change one's mind. An apology loses its sincerity if you give your loved one no assurance that you would not make the same mistake again. For some of us, and perhaps depending on the severity of the offense, a sincere apology requires that the person verbalize their desire to never hurt you again in that way. 
We all know that bad habits can be hard to break, but Chapman and Thomas suggest that in addition to telling your loved one you want to change, you make a plan to ensure success. Number five, requesting forgiveness, probably the hardest. The final element of an apology can be the hardest, but for many people, it is also the most important. Requesting that someone free you from the guilt of your offense is a powerful thing and will ultimately set both people free. Chapman and Thomas believe that asking for forgiveness is difficult for the asker because it means relinquishing control of the fate of the relationship. Uh, Sidebar, I believe that uh, I never thought I was a control freak until I had to ask for forgiveness and realize that I'm just trying to control the narrative. I'm trying to control how I feel, how you feel, how all this feels. But realizing that um, I have to step up and ask for forgiveness, it means accepting the possibility of rejection and it means admitting failure. Likewise, it's difficult for many of us to forgive because it can often mean relinquishing our sense of justice. Got to give you a sidebar about that one. It's just that sometimes you feel like no matter what you do in the relationship, it's not fair. Um, Your side is not fair. And that's your side, that person's side, anybody's side. It's just not fair. Like you are, you have your emotions, your feelings behind it. So you feel like it's just not fair and justice isn't being upheld. But in relinquishing or requesting this forgiveness, you put yourself at peace because whether it's fair or not, I want you to forgive me for what I did. And then the other person, if they did anything, should say the same. So back to the article. And I'm going to reread the last Uh, line. Likewise, it's difficult for many of us to forgive because it can often mean relinquishing our sense of justice. But despite the difficulty, actually saying the words, will you forgive me, has proven for many people to be the secret to healing and renewing of relationships. Many of us have seen marked improvement in our relationships thanks to Chapman's love languages. I know that I, for one, can't wait to put these apology languages to good use as well. This is an article by Monica Marshall. And and again, I think that the conversation that starts from this, it's important, uh, it's needed. A kid like me from broken background, uh, trying to get through my own post-traumatic stress from just life in general, um, and of course, once, you know, Humpty Dumpty falls off the wall and breaks everything that Humpty Dumpty has to do from that point on until the end of Humpty's existence is broken um, and trying to put the pieces back together. In that process, you lose people. Reading this article changed me. And again, I've never been trained or taught or I've never seen relationships that made me even understand why I'm sorry is not enough. And that's something that we have to focus on because I'm sorry isn't enough. I look at it and I say I understood and I learned what it was, but I also realized that I need to unlearn a number of things that someone else taught me. That article was was neat and it was also on the rocks. And again, when you realize that you made mistakes, honest mistakes, and you also try to get better. Um, you didn't know, or I didn't know that these things were out there. So it's neat that I can see it. I can feel it. And it helps me change my life for the better, but it's also on the rocks because I'm sorry, just isn't enough. And when we talk about that, when we talk about, um, who we want to be, if we want to be better individuals and people, then we really need to recognize that 
other person's perspective on our apology to them. Thank you for listening to Neat, Straight Up or On The Rocks, a podcast that asks you, how do you like your life? If you're looking to reach us or give us some comments, some positive or negative feedback, you can send that to nsuotrocks at gmail.com. That's n-s-u-o-t-r-o-c-k-s at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. We are also distributed on anchor.fm forward slash daydream the dj one word google podcast spotify breaker radio public podcast we are there reach out let us know what you think p <coughs> too much to drink